want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now that was meant to be in a little video that says we'll be starting soon. <laughs> uh, that is not what's happening. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 711 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Rita. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hashitake. What's shaking, nerds? I don't know. Other anymore. than me forgetting to hit a different button. Professional. Mm-hmm. What do you guys care? You don't pay for this. <laughs> and yet they still care. Um, oh, yeah, boy. Let me tell you what the message I get like, you know, the audio wasn't as great last time. Great. Help us pay for a place. Well, whatever. Hey, let's. There is nothing wrong with valid criticism. I know. Yes. They're not wrong. The yeah. last week's episode, the audio was. It's also always the same three people. Mm. I see. They're just complainers. And and sometimes that's how people have their love language. That is how they express don't like their it. interest. You don't have to. And that is also <laughs> valid. But it, it then becomes an equally valid thing to just go, I, I appreciate what you're trying to say. However... This is not the best form of communication, or this is not the your your attempt at, at telling us how great we're doing is not having your intended effect. Yes, and and that way we learn to communicate better when once we understand how people communicate with us and how that is received and how we can communicate with them. That was such an enlightened response. And I'm trying. I am. Uh, it, uh, and I'm like, I've been dealing with the same person since Court and Fat Boy. I'm yes. Done. And, and that is also valid. That is 100% valid. I mean, I guess that's some real stick to Yep. From, from that one person. Uh, every few months, I like to check certain reviews and see if that guy who loves the show but can't stand my voice. He always updates it about every few months. I think maybe it might be like just performance art that he's doing now. Could be. I wonder whatever happened to the, that other guy that was uh, stalking us and hated us. Which one? The one who was like screen capping our social media profiles. and Oh, mm-hmm. that Grimlock guy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. posting ugly stuff about like Greg and yeah. saying that if, I, if he saw me, he'd push me in front of a bus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah he just one. vanished. Good. Good. Well, I mean, also, we blocked the bejesus out of him, right? 
Uh, yeah, and he got reported a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're we're happily living through living our world. I, yeah. I, I should say that that uh, my more enlightened comments of how to communicate with people have less to do with uh, the one person that may be pouring that vitriol back and forth with with Aaron, and more to do with our the hundreds and thousands of other listeners mm-hmm. that yes. also like they may fit in that category and not realize it yet and then go, Oh yeah, that's a good point. That is like, it's never for the offending person. It's always for everyone else. (laughs) Right. Uh, What is that? What is that uh, term or concept? Like forgiveness isn't about the other person. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for you. Yeah. You are correct. It is. That is true. That is hate is the same thing. I don't have to hate you not to want to, to, in order to, words are hard. I don't have to hate you uh, in order to not want to forgive you. Maybe I just think you're a shitty person and I don't want you around. Yeah. Um, But it's also that concept of the the more you give into hate about things, that just gives whatever it is that is causing you discomfort or or anger or (laughs) frustration. Gives it power. It not just gives it power, but it, it allows it to live within you. Yeah. Rather that's... than live over there where it actually is. Right. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. you, to hate it is is you giving it power yeah. uh, and influence on your yourself. That's correct. Yeah. The emperor totally lied to me. Hate does not make you more powerful. We all knew that was a lie. <laughs> we knew it was a lie. Anakin's the, just a dum-dum. Like. I mean, when I first Anakin... heard it. Darth Vader is a dumb dumb. Anakin came around. To be fair. To, to be, be fair. fair. Uh, yes, if you if you want to parse out one one person into two separate entities, yes. I didn't do it. He did it to himself. <laughs> I did. Uh, but also, he was uh, he was taken into a cult, uh, more or less against his will, at a young age. So yes, he was. Of things mm-hmm. are bound to you know be the end result of that. Yep. Yep. My God. I think, I think I've showed both of you that guy that does all the voices and then deep fakes like Ghost of Qui Gon watching. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I haven't watched him in a few weeks, and he's got like four videos about the last few episodes of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And first off, I forgot that there's a running bit that in his bits, Qui Gon has no idea that Anakin becomes Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he's like Anakin. What happened to that? Where, where, who's this person? And the guy's like, uh, "Yeah, go ahead, Anakin. Tell him what happened." <laughs> uh, hey, look, it's another stormtrooper. But, but, but the stuff that's been like on the those last episodes of Ahsoka, it's doing it again. It's so mm-hmm. weird. So like every time Ahsoka pulls something off, the guy who does the voice goes, "Woo, snips." Yeah, yeah, I taught her that. <laughs> and everyone's like, you taught her that move. Well, I mean, everything she does that like looks cool, yeah, that was me. So when she's fighting what's-his-name and he throws the boulder and he cuts it in half, he's like, what about that? He's like, oh, yeah, boulder cutting. That was like day three. <laughs> uh, oh, y'all, I'm so behind on Ahsoka. Oh, uh, I think the you, last episode. Well, like Christian and I have been like alternating out out of townness. Oh, right, um, right. 
So the last episode I remember seeing is the one where Ahsoka is interacting with Anakin and he's going to finish her training. In the world between worlds or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so she's like a little girl again and they're going through all of these battles that they experienced before. Yeah, don't. How many episodes ago is that? That's episode five. And we're on episode now. It's done. It's done. There are eight episodes. You have three episodes to watch. Okay. We're not going to talk about this anymore. Except to say... The little girl mm-hmm. that plays uh, young Ahsoka mm-hmm. is also the teenager from Barbie. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. America Ferrera's daughter. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is, she also had some other iconic character that, she, oh, yeah, that's right. She's also Baby Gamora in Infinity War. I thought she looked familiar. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's that this actress. Is the only child actress of color that they ha- they can find right now. Uh, they apparently can get the job done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we will take what we can get for now yeah. and keep pushing. It's like every time I mention about do. like how TOS was like very, very diverse for being 1966, and someone will throw at me like, "Well, you know, they got Ricardo Montalban to play like an Indian person. That doesn't seem very open." I'm like, bitch, it was 1966. Be happy they found a brown person yeah. to play a brown person, man. That, Why don't you step back? I, yeah, I, yeah. I it's give still better that... than like John Wayne playing a Native American. They wanted Charlton Heston to play a Mexican. Or or <laughs> Sir Alec Guinness playing oh, no. a Japanese person. And by the way, John Wayne didn't play a Native American. He played Genghis Khan. Yeah. God damn. Yep. It's all bad. Yep. The best thing you can say about that movie is it's probably what killed him. What's her name? I, the page like just reformatted, oh. so I lost my spot. But I believe it's Ariana Greenblatt. Oh, that sounds. It's the, about it's right. the name yep. right after America Ferrera's yep. character. So, so I saw a little. I totally snippet. see it now. Yeah, I yeah. saw a snippet of mm-hmm. an interview um, of her talking about that. She said that, like, she and um, Rosario Dawson were not on set together because they didn't have scenes with sure. each other because they're playing the same character. Right. Right. But she got to be on set and watch Rosario Dawson and spent a lot of time with the, the fight, her fight coach mimicking as much of Rosario Dawson's moves as possible, as well as watching the entirety of the clone wars. Right. For nice. the one episode that she is in. Yeah. It's like, that's fuck that's dedication. kid. One well, good job. Hayden Christensen showed up knowing his shit too. Like he was giving during like the fight. Cause some of the behind the scenes, it doesn't give anything away. No, but they're showing a lot of the fight. Um, what's it called? Choreography. Thank you, man. Yep. And like he's making recommendations to the fight crowd. He's like, I think this is a move that Anakin would do this because at this stage in his life during this flashback, he's dealing with this. And they're like, okay, like you know this character, man. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like, nope, do it. That line, um, I've heard that before, or mm-hmm. I've heard that from somewhere. That's an ad lib. That not an ad lib. That's a line Hayden said. Can I put this in? Mm. Yep. You know, and I was like, damn. He he is really getting to realize the character the way I think both he and George had intended for him to play it. Yeah. In the long run um, now, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. I, when he came on stage at Celebration when they had just announced Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I'm not saying he comes, he, he tears up a bit. 
Like he gets like like they don't stop clapping for him for like five minutes. Yeah, I I don't think he was ready for that like at all. Because all he'd heard for years is people hate him. Yeah. To Um, the degree that he's like, yeah, I think fuck this acting thing. Yeah, I wonder if he'll come back to it a little bit now. I don't know. I mean, there's only so much that he can do as Anakin. Like they can't just keep. True. You know. Um, but I do think that. There's plenty of Disney money for them to put in and projects for them to go, hey, if you'd like to do this, we could use it over here. Yeah. Or if Disney decides to do a fuck it. And so Dark Horse had a series called Star Wars Infinities. Yeah. It was their version of uh, What If. Mm -hmm. I was like, what if they just like, we're going to we're going to do they would be shorts, I think. But like, you know, what if. So the one that was the most fun, the old Dark Horse, they did a couple, like each movie had its own thing. It wasn't, so like there was Infinities, A New Hope, and then they didn't do a sequel to it. Mm-hmm. So in A New Hope, it basically, like the first issue of that Infinities, like the Death Star blows up, you have it. Like Luke doesn't take the shot. Mm-hmm. Oh no. You know, and it spins off from there. Um, the one though that's really, and then I forgot what happens in Empire like the Infinities Empire, but I think the Infinities Return of the Jedi. It's so weird. I think the Infinities of Return of the Jedi, it's Leia who turns. And oh, Luke okay. doesn't know how to process it. He's like, I can't, I can't kill my father and my sister. Mm. I can't do it. Um, they're fun. I don't know if people would accept like a what if thing for Star Wars. and But, you know. I think, I think they would fun. if it was animated. I think animated, yeah. Um, so, who knows? It's fun. Cool. Well, we can definitely talk about uh, Ahsoka probably in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Should give you time to watch right. a bunch of horror movies that's and right. catch up on that, and I'll be back on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but speaking of horror movies, should we jump in to like, stuff on our list? Yeah. So to catch everyone up uh, in the audience. To those who are just joining us. Yes. So the past week of movies right since the 11th yep Uh, sorry kids all right so since the uh, since the 11th the 10th uh since the 10th the last time we were on air i have watched the fly poltergeist eyes without a face let the right one in the last house on the left and Shaun of the dead however the only movies all out of that short list that were new to me were Eyes Without a Face and The Last House on the Left. Uh, but also, you finally watched Child's Play. I did. I have so, finally watched Child's Play. So where do we want to start? I mean, I can. I feel like yours are going to require a bit more in depth, especially when we get to... I really want to hear your thoughts on Last House on the Left. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yes. That's still a movie I have not seen yet. Oh, okay. So. Mm. Well, can but we talk about it? You can I mean, I feel like it. you know a lot about her anyway. Well, uh, I I feel like I know enough. I don't know a lot of details, but, but I still beats. want. To, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe maybe we save that one. Let's see. Let's start with Child's Play, and let's see how much time we spend on this. So here's the thing with me, and, and I and I and I'm trying to get better about this about watching shows that or movies that I maybe would have enjoyed when they came out. Mm-hmm. You know, or I can acknowledge that I have generationed out of it. Mm-hmm. Like Hocus Pocus. I tried to, I watched it for the first time last year and I'm like, I do not understand. 
It's definitely more of a kids movie. Yeah, and then uh, but I know people that are like in their mid thirties and like that, and like oh, because you were ten when it came out, mm-hmm. it's gonna have that impact on you. So I'm trying to approach those movies that way that I'm kind of rediscovering. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, I would have been nine when this came out, and I'm not. I would have been crazy oh, for it. Child's Play. I would have been. Focus. Oh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I would have been 12 when Child's Play came out. So that was right when I was getting into slashers. Mm-hmm. I had seen Nightmare on Elm Street. And I had seen some of the Friday the 13th. So mm-hmm. I was, and by then I knew it wasn't, they weren't going to scare me. I just wanted to see fun slashers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have been, I was 16. Okay. <clears throat> I, I like it. It's, um, I, I think, Without the voice actor, without the guy who's Brad the voice, Brad, it it doesn't work. No, it does not. He's just so unhinged in his voice work that if you'd have gotten anyone else, like it doesn't, because it is still just a fucking doll. Yep. That is not threatening in any way. It's his unhinged performance that sells it. Yep. Not scary. But now I want to watch the other ones because now I kind of understand why the French see it as this kind of great absurdist comedy horror mm-hmm. and commentary on consumerism. Like, Oh, that I see. I mean, I don't know so much about how that concept works for the first one, but the franchise as a whole, yes, because sure. there is a whole, the opening to child's play two is a long montage uh, with creepy music where Materials are being repurposed, right, to make more uh, buddy dolls. Yep, yeah, and thus the blood of Chucky, i.e., uh, the the original slasher guy. Yeah, not, the not serial killer. Like it's like the soul is transposed into the body, and then it's becoming his real body. Um, yeah, the killer's blood gets into the the mold. The, the the melted plastic that they use to remake more Just like when Kiss dolls. had comics from Marvel and they put their blood in the air. Uh, sure. Sure. Just like that. Yeah. Um, there, like, I can see where you're like, oh, okay, I can see where you're, like, really taking a stab at American capitalism. And, you know, it just all keeps getting, like, you're refeeding yeah. the same machine. It, it was fun. I had fun with it. Um, I I thought he'd be in it more. Brad Dourif? No, like Chucky. Chucky. Oh. He's not in I, a lot of the first the one. I when expected I him to be in it, it more. When I was watching it, I was there was a couple of scenes where I was pretty impressed with um I I, I can only assume it was puppetry. Uh where I'm like, oh, how did they how did they do that? For, because I don't see any For the late eighties, it's not it's pretty or, good. Right. So mm-hmm. I mean, like whatever they did, it might maybe it was a little bit more, you know, cost ineffective. And so they could really only do so many things that mm-hmm. looked really good and cool to give the the visual image of a doll that is alive and is trying to kill you. Right. You know? Yeah, it it was fun. I don't know if I'm gonna now like. I don't know if I'm gonna like jump in and watch the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it it does kind of make me want to. I don't know if you can do it, but it does make me kind of want to jump almost immediately to Bride of Chucky because I've heard that like that's when that show like they're like Bride of Chucky is its own 
thing about like obsession and domestic issues. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. It's a whole nother thing. That's the last one I ever saw. Yeah. I haven't made it into like, there's a difference because there's child, like child's play one, two, and three, I think are child's play movies. Mm -hmm. And then they switch the titling to Chucky movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And that's, I think maybe I, I, I don't have it up, so I can't look up uh, what each of those were called, but I, I, I feel as though that that was kind of the shift of like, we're going to shift away from what that first thing was really about and talk about these other things. And yeah, it apparently bringing Jennifer Tilly on was the, the piece that that entire franchise was missing. Yeah. Because she's just turned full tilt into that. Oh, I take it back. I might've seen number five. So it's child's play. Then number two, number three, number four is Bride of Chucky, and then Seed of Chucky. They mm. have their own maniacal baby doll. Right. Doll baby. Uh, Curse of Chucky, which I could not tell you the first thing about. Oh, but then that's that takes a bigger jump from 2004 to 2013. Uh, Bride of Chucky was 98. Seed of Chucky was 2004. And then there was Cult of Chucky in 2017. Yeah. So it seems like they've never really stopped making these movies. Like they, had, they obviously they had a bigger push in the '90s, but like every ten-ish years or so, yeah, but... they put out another one. Now there's Child's Play, the TV series, which started in 2019. Which is and apparently has, very good. It has three seasons. When uh, I was at uh, Comic Con last month. Uh, hmm. the the local cable slash internet provider had a big old booth and the back wall of that booth was lined with buddy dolls. I saw the buddy photo doll booth, boxes. yeah. And, the, and their uh, gift bags were good guy. Yeah, I kind of mm. wanted one. Um, the, the 2019 one, uh, Child's Play, was a remake of the original. Oh, is that what that is? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Because that Child's Play stars... Aubrey Plaza as the mom <laughs> and Mark Hamill as Chucky. Huh. huh. I've seen that one. That one, like it, it's one of those. Yeah. This is a good modern retelling. Interesting. It of the modern retellings of a lot of these classic eighties horror movies. I certainly like it over say the nightmare on Elm street remake with Jackie Earl Haley. Like, that movie was fine. There's structurally nothing wrong with it. It's it's there's not it doesn't bring anything. There yeah, the thing that it brings that it makes it hard to go, "Oh, I really want to watch this" is oh, at no point have you when watching the original one, you get into Freddy Krueger and the mythology of Freddy Krueger and Freddy does some amazing shit and it's great. And you kind of gloss over Oh, right. He was killed because he was molesting children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of people forget that. Freddy yeah. Krueger, total sex pest. And like, um, I remember the trailer for the remake because it's Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. Like the trailer, half the trailer is like him as the the Springfield slasher that killed kid, like the pedophile killer. Yes. And I was like, is New Line going to have the cojones to do a, like a fucking prequel? It's going to end with him being burned alive by the parents. And it, it wasn't a prequel, but at no point did you forget that no. Freddy Krueger molested children. It's like, oh, 
I don't care about this Freddy Krueger. That was a weird part of the You night- can kill this motherfucker. Mm. That's always the weird thing about the Nightmare franchise with Robert England is he brings that kind of twisted humor. And Jackie Earl Haley's Freddy, he does not He's make not jokes. funny. There's nothing nope. funny about him. Really? Yeah, no. it's dark. I've never seen this other iteration. It's not great. Mm. Like, like I said, it is technically does not have a lot of flaws. Mm-hmm. Like it is shot well, yeah. it's acted well, looks great, production values sky high. But but it's you made know... darker by the fact that they don't shy away from the the Freddy origin story. They didn't shy away from it in the first one, either in the original, but this one takes you on the investigative journey of where this guy did all of this stuff. So yeah. like they don't forget it at mm-hmm. any point in the right. movie. That not that is not the focus of the original nightmare. Where... I saw I saw Nightmare on M Street for the first time in many many years, uh, just in the last year or two, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer, and I had forgotten that that was his origin story. Right. Mm-hmm. But and the, but all the the only reason you know that is because of this like info dump that you get from the mom towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, right before the final you know battle against him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, and I think it's. I don't know if it's four or five that delves more into like why Freddie is the way he is. And they don't bring it up anymore. And I'm kind of glad you're right. Mm. It's the, his mom was a nun and a thousand criminals and sure. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I think I know. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, if I, if I ever saw that, they one. never returned to that part of his character that's like a, ever again. That's excessive. No. Yeah. He's he's just a monster, and that's, and that's saying a lot. Considering I think Freddy's Dead had an entire like weird 3D sequence with Roseanne Barr, like that series went off the rails. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now that I've watched every single episode of Law and Order SVU. I know, I know, but that's that's how it is, and that that all of that is too much. Yeah, that's too much. And then we can't go into the. I've talked about it many times about how. Wes Craven's new nightmare is an under is an underrepresented like gem of a horror movie that we wouldn't have gotten Scream without that movie. No. Which movie? Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Mm. It brings back the Freddy mythos. It it is very meta in that Wes Craven only writes about Freddy when he's dreaming again, when he's having nightmares. Wes Craven's New Nightmare stars all of the actors as themselves. As themselves. It How is, do I not know about this? Oh my god, you want to watch it? Yes. It's very it's self-referential to itself. Yep. And you realize like, oh, this was him testing the concept that became Scream. Okay. Yeah, Pardon when me, did I this have come to out? put this on my letterbox. 94. Yeah. Yeah. Scream was 96. Yeah. No, it's and I love the real Freddy Glove. Oh, it's so good. Yep. It, it it's good. It's good. It it is it's legitimately like a good piece of like horror commentary and it's got decent scares it's mm-hmm. got decent kills it's good yeah i've been watching some late 90s early 2000s movies that every time i watch them i'm like oh okay this is another response to scream which is why i i can look at scream and go okay scream is the scream is that marker point it's another one of those movies within the, the movie timeline where it's like that's that's when horror you, movies you changed. changed things. Things. Yes. You changed <laughs> horror movies again. Scream is this is going to get some fans annoyed. I think Scream is what Halloween did 
in what, 78? Yes. Halloween kicked off that entire genre. Yep. I know there were slashers before, but Halloween kicked it off. Yep. Scream, I think, kicked off the like millennial, um, like everything looks pretty on the outside, but there's this horrible dark underbelly. Our, our, we live in the suburbs and our family tries to ignore everything, but it's still out. Like that was a theme. Like I know you did last, like all of those all came from Scream. Scream created the, the horror movie for the generation who knows their horror movies. Mm. Uh, I, that, although I would yeah, argue yeah. it pre-millennial because uh, 1996. I guess that's like true. I would have been 12 and it's high schoolers. It so is. Like, but it, I was too young to be watching it. And I'm funny, an elder millennial. You're also my sister's age. Mm-hmm. And almost everyone I know your age within a few years, plus or minus, they don't have memories of watching Scream in the theater. They have memories of sleepovers and their parents letting them rent horror movies and they pick Scream. Um, I couldn't tell you how I watched it the first time. Oh, almost I, everyone I, I know, horror movies. they're like, um, I didn't see it in the theater the first time I saw it on, I saw it at home. Hmm. Like I, I watched it in the theater. I don't, uh, I don't think that my parents but, wouldn't have taken me to that. Like they had no concept of PG rating yeah. or any of that. But right. I was 25 in 1996. So of course you went, so. right? <laughs> yeah. I was the demographic. Mm-hmm. How did that hit with you? Let me get on the other stuff. Right. But. Um, because you'd have been the peak age. I'm sure by now you knew your horror movies or an appreciation of it. I'm curious how that hit. I, I, I think that was right as I was getting out of my I'm too cool for horror movies. Mm. And wait, because I, I went through that like 16 through early 20s. It's like ugh, every time I watch a horror movie, I like I know it's coming. I know it's all fake. I was just too cool for them. And Scream did something different. It's like, okay, like it, it's where I understood that it's not trying to scare me. It is trying to tell a story. Right. It will scare other people and I, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, that's not how I get scared. And so watching it, I'm like, okay, this is, I don't think I had the wherewithal to go, this is this and it's doing this, but I did understand that it was doing something different with the genre. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I went to see Scream. Because I was like you, I wasn't too cool for horror, but by that age, I was very much into, like, rediscovering Italian horror, like Dario mm-hmm. Gento, um, starting to discover Japanese horror. Yep. Like some of some of the early fucking Takeshi Miike stuff. So American horror was gauche to me. It was like, oh. <laughs> but I love Wes Craven, so I went to see Scream. Again, kind of, well, pre-internet, especially where I grew up. I don't think they got the internet till five years ago. Um, so I went in pretty blind and like Drew Barrymore's on the fucking poster. She's yeah. the biggest picture. Yep. And at that time, she was the biggest star. And I remember thinking like, okay, okay. And I went, wait, what? Yep. You just, did you just fucking pull the psycho on me? Did you I just, remember that. Did you just yes. kill the biggest name in this movie in the first 10 minutes? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I see what you do here. So yeah. Uh, so what I what I was getting at more specifically is that like when I even now when I watch Scream because that's another one I rewatched in recent years mm-hmm. for the first time, I don't relate to that movie. Uh, I, I relate to it in terms of like oh I grew up watching Scream movies. Sure. 
what I don't relate to is is the characters, like the in-world part of it, because those kids to me seem more Gen X. Like those those kids are from a different era than sure. Even when I, especially by the time I was in high school, they were yeah. just those were older kids. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, because that that's that's about right. Because yeah, those were those were like decidedly '90s high schoolers, which I was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, I always feel like I'm in that weird cultural thing, but I get it. That you should be the most, the one who relates out of the three of us, the one who most relates to Scream because you would be the closest in age to those characters when yeah. they come out. And it's funny when I would look back and watch them, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, because I watched all the horror. Yep, and I remember You're talking about they... all the rules and <laughs> yes. Uh, and in high school, I actually wrote a literature paper on oppression of sexuality and the slasher genre before, like, learned people were doing it. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I saw, when they announced, like, I saw in Fangoria, like, mm-hmm. the first picture for on the set from Scream 3. And I remember telling my friend, oh, shit, a third one. He's like, yeah. I was like, no, you don't understand. Third one is when you break all the rules of the first one. Like, that's why they killed Megan Langenkamp in the Dream Warriors. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, you get to a horror trilogy, the third one throws all the rules out the window, man. And then I watch the movie and I'm like, I'm a fucking dork. You know? Uh, but so is Wes Craven, so. Yep. Or was. I forgot one from the list last night because I hadn't put it in. Uh, I watched Jew on The Grudge. Oh. Mm, I have thoughts on that. Mm, okay. I really need to rewatch that one. I. And I want to get to your last episode. I feel like Jew on the Grudge is one of the only times where the American remake is better. I think it has better pacing. Mm. I think the Grudge has better pacing than the first one. Anyway, okay. sorry. Uh, I don't even remember if I saw the American version. So that's, it had Sarah I can't Michelle really... Geller. Mm-hmm. Still don't remember. Yeah. I, I know she's in it. I don't remember. Oh, that's right. You haven't watched Buffy, so that means nothing to you. I mean, I know who she is. I, I know you know who she is, but... <laughs> The, the cultural was, relevance of Sarah Michelle Gellar's 90s horror movie. She was everywhere, career. man. Yeah. Mm. I know what you did. I know what you did. Or I know what you did last summer. I know I what you s- did last summer. I still I, know I what still you did. Know. I watched the first three of those, too. There are three of them? There, there's more than that. Well, then there was that one. They tried to do, uh, was it Urban? Yeah, Urban Legends. I watched that for, uh, I think, for the first time recently. That that was what I watched over the past. That week. was the Bloody Mary one, right? No, Bloody or, Mary is the third one. Uh, there's oh. about to be a fourth. I know what you did. I know what you did last summer, '97. Again, those kids were older than me, right? Uh, yes, but, and I, the, but it's still a movie I watched, right? You know, and they were kids. also high school. I'm like, these people are in their mid to late twenties. I know. I mean, this. it's not like but the actors. You mean, yeah. or like yes, the, the way actors. they were living their life? Because they, weren't they like on a road trip? Well, they were also like. Uh, um, Privileged white kids. It's fine. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. The the, the, that's part of it too. Yeah. It's like the lifestyle that's part of, of the that kids era of in horror. those franchises. Uh-huh. Not an experience I had in high school. No. Uh, I still know what you did. Nineteen ninety eight. I I remember watching that. I'll always know what you did. Uh, Two thousand six. Who the fuck is in that one? Uh, it doesn't say here. Yeah. Uh, and then an untitled fourth to be announced. With none of the original people attached. Oh, God, I don't know. Because uh, that God. was, uh, what's her name's big? That was, This was her franchise. Nev Campbell. Um, no, Nev Campbell is Scream. 
Oh, um, um, what's her name? Uh, the Ghost Whisperer. Tits oh, McGee. right. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hewitt yes, Is it was this? Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Why is? Oh, because this is the fourth one. I'm like, why don't I see her name here? Yeah, I don't know any of these people's tits, McGee. <laughs> I mean, I was flat out admitted she's best known for. Yep, and for constantly teasing them. That was the whole bit. Yeah, whatever. Good for her. I mean, make the money while you can. Sure. Uh, anyway, we're totally off topic because we're uh, none we're still of, talking none about. Of Scream, I know what you did. None of these are on the list. Well, Scream is on the list. Scream is on the list. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. I brought it up because you commented on it. Yeah. Okay. I believe you. I'm not going to remember 104 movies. I I will also always be forever grateful for Juwan and The Grudge for giving me something I can torment my sister with. (laughs) To this day, if I just call her and go, "Uh," she's like, you fucking knock it off. And she'll hang up on me. I mean. She hates that sound so much. It freaks her out. Yeah, what are little sisters if not everlasting torment? <sighs> yes, Norm. I mean, I know because I read every pop culture thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, the auto mod on Twitch did not allow me to send my message. Norm was talking about he knows a family where the Chucky franchise is their whole jam. And I said, wow, I've never heard of the Chucky franchise being someone's bottom bitch of horror. Oh my god, and it told me because misogyny. Well, bottom bitch is a good thing, man. You know what's dumb about all these things? Say the word bitch and you get misogyny, but someone could write Nazi and be like, oh no, that's fine. Yeah, um, let's. I'm not gonna get into it. It's dumb. Um, okay, what's another one that we can talk about? Uh, so well, I kind of. I kind of want to take a break because I really want to get into your last house on the left. Yeah. Is there something really quick you want to do really fast before we yes. take a break? I will say Shaun of the Dead, modern classic. Everybody loves it. I deeply enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot more now that I've seen Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's more right. to appreciate. We're, We're coming to get, get you, Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 That was the best the best part well i don't know about best but definitely the most noteworthy when you're like oh oh they pulled that right out of night of the living dead mm-hmm. yeah 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 it was great okay Very- i never even thought about because in my head i'm like why would you see Shaun of the dead if you don't know night of the living dead because in my head my brain can't make the connection of that audience member doesn't know the genre already I just no, no, up and, with a different... and I don't say it with like, oh, I'm just, I, it just in my brain, because every time I go to see Shaun of the Dead, there's nothing but fucking horror nerds. Then they play the gonk, which is in Dawn of the Dead when you finally watch it. It's in Shaun of the Dead, the music, and it's called the gonk. I don't remember hearing that. I, I feel like where I'm, it is. I feel like I. I would have heard that and noticed It's the last it. music in the movie. Oh, 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 that's another thing I'll point out really quickly. Uh, I watched two movies from the 60s uh, okay. in the past week. And both of them had laughably bad music. Uh, like one of them sounds like well, the, the theme music from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> and the other one, I don't know, it sounds like fucking circus music. And I'm like. Why is this your choice for your horror horror film, dude? It 
it's silly. It's goofy. It's it, it's breaking the mood. It is absolutely ruining the vibe. Because mm. it wasn't when it came out. And I, that's right. the only that thing I can not... surmise. But at like now, that music is is not to be taken seriously. Was those, I, those tunes. Was Eyes Without the Face the one with carnival music? Yes. Every yeah, time you get a scene with the uh, the secretary, is she? I, I haven't seen it. I, I'm asking, is it like, when you say carnival music, does it sound like it's a, a, a pipe organ? Um, I, I couldn't tell you right now, but it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's goofy. It's, it's upbeat. It's instrumental in like a, oh, like wait. a honk, honk kind of way. I, I could pull some up during the break. I, I, I know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. It's French. Yes. <laughs> Eyes without a face is French. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, so but that actually one, makes more sense. The other one that has terrible music that like made it less disturbing mm-hmm. was um, Last House on the left. We'll get into that. Okay, okay. Wes Craven is very particular about stuff. Okay. Oh, Norm said the other thing about Sean is it introduced a whole group of people to Queen. That's true. That's true. Is it? I was like, yeah, uh, it's got Queen. Uh, Queen is one of those bands where every generation a movie comes out that reintroduces new listeners. <laughs> so Flash Gordon got a lot of Americans into Queen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Wayne's World got an yep. entire another generation. And then Shaun of the Dead. Um, I do love the story, though. I'm going to take a break really quick. Um, so the last thing that Freddie Mercury saw was a rough cut of that scene in Wayne's world. Mm-hmm. They were terrified that he would find it offensive in the Murph mobile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Brian May's like, no, I know him. Let's show it to him. Let's give him something. They're like, oh, but if he hates it, like we're going to take it out if he doesn't like it. Like this is not right. If he doesn't, and they're like, and as a story, Brian May tells a story of like, we popped in like a VHS of the dailies, showed it to him. And first he just smiled because he was hearing his music, a new generation. And he's like, I did make a difference. And then it comes a scene with him headbanging and then not able to know the lyrics after that. <laughs> Brian May kind of went, and like, like Mike Myers mentions, like we asked him, like, is this okay? And apparently Freddie Mercury went, that was great. And then just fell asleep for that night. He passed away a few days later. And like, <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he was like, that was great. Like, he loved it. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that, Good. you want to take we'll a quick little break? break? Yep. All right. We will be right back. After My name is Ash, and I'm a full-time DM. It wasn't always like this. I had a life once, a group, gamers. They were the best of me. You know, I was trying to do a fun Army of Darkness opening, and I just can't make it work. Uh, but whether you are a player or a forever DM, Guardian Games has you hooked up. Um, oh man, Planescape for your D&D nerds just dropped today. Even if you've been like staying away from 5e because it's, oh, it's woke. It just got rid of slavery and, you know, SA. Anyway... Um, Planescape's out, so all my old school, you know, whatever happened to, like, it's back, man, and it's gonna be friggin' great, but, um, you know, spooky time of year also, so Guardian Games has a huge selection of horror-themed RPGs, board games, card games, like, 
there are so many great horror games out there. Like, it's no longer just, you know, um, Arkham, which takes a presidency to complete. So, um, yeah, just check it out. Like, I've got a couple copies of Horrified, the third edition of Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I finally got to play it. The new mechanics are dope. Um, and this is also a perfect time of, like, you know what? I've always wanted to try some horror in my D&D. Um, you know, they got Curse of Strahd. They got Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. If you're a DM who maybe wants to run that game and you're like, but how can I be extra evil? Not only will the fine folks at Guardian Games hook you up, but once you pick the game up, drop me a line, geekinthecity at gmail.com. I'll make sure you have a horrific game. So yeah, it's that fun time of year. Go to Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for shopping smart. Shopping Guardian Games. That should have been a sponsoring smart, sponsoring Geek and City Radio. Let's get back to it right now. I only know that. No, no such, such number. number. Damn. No, no such, such phone. phone. Wait, what'd you Best, say? I don't know. Best line in Bubba Hotep is when he's depressed the one night, he's watching TV and he's like, Coming up this weekend on whatever, TBS, a 24-hour Elvis movie marathon. Watch the king do this and this. And he's all, I'll make 27 movies. All of them will crap. Except Clambake. <laughs> Except Clambake. Also, I need to rewatch that. I forgot that, the, I'm sure the Blu-ray has it. The DVD of Bubba Hotep has a commentary by Sebastian Happ. Who that? That's Elvis. That's Bruce Campbell. God damn it, that's what I was going to bring for you was Bubba Hotep. Uh, well, if it's not horror, that with you. it would just be sitting in my house for a while. This I is... only have time for horror right now. It Bubba is horror. Hotep? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Is it is She's Bubba Hotep is... a fictional Elvis type? Is that no. just the name of the movie, but it's actually Elvis? It's like a funny yes. document, mockumentary? What? No. I don't know these things. Bubba Hotep is a, is a mummy. It's a redneck mummy. That's right. He's been sucking people's Fighting. souls out of their assholes, but he's only focused Fighting on Elvis. old people because he has to do it a lot because young people fight back. Uh, but nobody it knows stars Elvis, Elvis and Black was... JFK. You guys, this sounds like my nightmare. No. It's wonderful. <laughs> There's a lot of things I don't like mashed together. You don't actually see any butt sucking. Funny. No, 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 no. Just, just the idea that that's what it's he so, does. But it's also a commentary on how like we ignore our elders and throw them in homes to let them die. Okay. Um, but that's one of the points might. is that all these people are dying and no one gives a shit. I enjoy Bubba Hotep. I also know it is not a great movie, nor is it necessarily everyone's cup of tea. So right. remember that I'm almost forty now. It's too late to like brainwash I, me into something weird and or dumb. I think Bubba Hotep is very charming. I do too. Because remember when the Fox Tower was just indie flicks? Way back in the day when it first opened, they were just going to, sh- not just indie, but like independent film and stuff. Sorry, I flash back further and like... No, not that Fox Tower, the other Fox Tower. Yeah, I, I flash back to Fox Theater. Fox Theater, right. Which they tore down right. to build Fox Tower. It It's called Fox Tower because it used to be the Fox Theater. Gotcha. You know, I've seen like Crowded House, Sinead O'Connor, um, Tori Amos there. But like that's yeah, 
anyway, that was one of the first movies that they showed. Again, you were probably like 12 at the time. And didn't live here. Just, and it, just that hero shot of Elvis with his walker, but wearing his comeback outfit. Mm-hmm. And Aussie Davis in his motorized wheelchair as mm-hmm. JFK. Yep. Man, I hate to tell this to you, man, but JFK was a white man. They died me this way. They took out a little piece of brain from my skull and put it in a sandbag. <laughs> But yes, I do remember. I, I watched Bubba Hotep at the Hollywood mm-hmm. um, with Bruce Campbell in attendance. Awesome. Wow. He, he um, commented on high, how stylish I was. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. I remember yeah. there's been a few times where people have asked Bruce Campbell, like, what was it like working on Bubba Hotep? And he's like, oh, it was great. He's like, but it felt so weird to be doing like this, like, well-written, but really fucking weird horror movie next to, you know, Ozzie Davis, one of the most accomplished actors in modern America cinema, playing JFK. And they're like, well, how is he? He was like, he was all in. It didn't matter how weird it got. He was because he's a serious, he was a serious actor. Mm-hmm. So he got to be like. Yep. Can let me ask you? Marilyn? <laughs> and he goes, a gentleman never tells his secrets. But between you and me. Yo! <laughs> anyway, okay. You know what? Uh, this um, gosh, it's been so long. You know who's back for the season? Anton and Deb Asylum are Asylum! back, baby. Uh, we're so excited to to be able to talk about Deb and Anton again. It's been it's been a while. It has been a while. Been every time, man. It yeah, goes in my every time. Every time. Uh, so you know, we've probably got a lot of listeners who aren't familiar. With, yeah, because it has been some time. It, some time since, has passed. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying not to like open that door again. <laughs> One uh, pandemic later. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, that's awful! And I love that, it. That was the title card that just flashed, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. One pandemic. So later. yeah, they are still on Hawthorne. They are still across from the Baghdad Theater. That's always the easiest mm-hmm. way to say where they're at. So right now, um, they are still the purveyors of cool. Very mm-hmm. much so. Uh, they're still only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. You can book an appointment. For a different me, day? Yeah, for a different day. You can just asylum at pdxasylum.com. I actually was talking to Anton about it. I was like, you ever think about expanding your hours again? And he was like, well, honestly, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, the bulk of, he's like, 90% of our business is Monday, is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So why... Mm-hmm. Owning your own retail business is really hard because mm-hmm. you're probably, you know, like on the margin and every every hour that you have to pay for an employee is is like is pushing you that much closer to, you know, yeah. not doing great. Uh this is turning into a not great yes. ad. All this to say if, I mean, if you can, if you can pay the rent and and be successful in your business only being open 3 days a week on Hawthorne, no less, then obviously you're an awesome yeah. ass store. And remember, the more we go off the rails, the happier they are for some reason. <laughs> so one thing he wanted to bring up is that when we used to talk about it, we would talk about, you know, their modern stuff and their their the modern items they get in. They still do that. It's still unique. They still try to lock down like local selling of items that no one else can carry for a while. Mm-hmm. Exclusive. What they, exclusive. What they have backed away from is vintage. I think they have like a table left. Um, the main reason being is that during the lockdown, they couldn't go to estate sh- sales. You just, you just couldn't do it. 
It's a tough market. It's a yep. tough market for that. And there are other factors in like how people feel like what their vintage things are worth now. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense, especially right. because they were seeing so many great new items that they could expand their store with. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, they've had a lot of great new pieces that are still you know, like minimalist, modern, mm-hmm. you know, inspired but new. And the, th- the fun thing about those newer items is like, oh, you can pick your color of fabric for this, this you know, right. modernist yeah. couch. And maybe the, um, the, uh, the, uh, what are the materials used are more uh, ethically sourced mm-hmm. or They're, reliable, you know, are made from renewable resources. Right. Yeah. Almost sustainable. everyone they, they buy from are very committed. And because a lot of the places they buy from are, European, particularly Northern Europe, like the Nordic countries that are really pushing, are really on the vanguard of sustainable and reusable. Yep. But even stuff that's like, um, like I, this thing's popped in my head. I don't know why it's still in there. Last time I visited, it was a it was a doormat. I was like, oh, a doormat, whatever. And they pointed out that like, yes, it's plastic, but it's made from this type of plastic. And they're like, but it it has like a shelf life of like forty years before it begins to fall apart. Mm-hmm. He's like, and it can be thrown in your dishwasher or your washing machine. He's like, it's plastic, but you literally don't ever get rid of it. It's and it's this company in Sweden. And... It's super durable. It's really cool looking. There are a lot of patterns and designs. So that's just like one of the things they do now. Right. But they're very much like they're very much into like that European minimalist style. Um, and they always have been. That's, they are, that's... They, yeah, they're. I, I mean, and they do. Yeah, they always have been. That's 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 like. Their vibe. Yeah, they still have, and they still have great little things that we'll get into, but like in the coming weeks or whatever, because they're with us like through Christmas, basically. That that is one of the um, benefits of focusing on modernist Mm -hmm. furniture and decor is we're still in the modern age, so right, whatever comes about from it fits within that. uh, Mm -hmm. Like if if it looks like it came out of the, the. what the seventies thought the two thousands were going to be like your gold. Yeah. Yeah. And they always have been and continue to be a place where you can get some really great furniture, housewares, you know, like, like things to decorate your, your spaces with like, you want an end table? Great. Mm -hmm. Do you want a cool lamp to put on that end table or like a, a wacky vase that's, Oh, they, shaped like a Teletubby. They, I don't know, man. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. They do have something. Like we'll get into more next week. So we'll get on the show here, but they do have something that I'm going to bring up specifically that I am probably going to go buy this weekend. You bastard. It's just, it's a, it's a candle holder, mm-hmm. but the way it's designed, it's specifically designed for those who want to put on something long and flowing and brood through their home holding a candle. It looks like a Victorian so era. You. So Did me. you buy it? No, I'm going to. Unless <laughs> someone wants to buy it for me. But it's specifically designed to not drip, like the way you hold it. It's designed to like, there were nights of endless pleasure. There was more, sorry. So that you don't get wax on your apartment floor. Yeah. But they also, he now sells the, now we're doing it. He's got a pack of, they've got a pack of like these Swedish fucking like candles mm-hmm. that have like their long candles. Taper? Taper. But they have like these four holes that go right down around the wick area. Like channels it because it melts, it melts down into the tunnel, so into your, itself. your candle lasts longer. That's fucking wicked. Yeah. 
because as all you witches know, candles are expensive. They're man. expensive. They don't last long enough. They're just white, but you can still do stuff with it. Yeah. You can always do ritual shit with white. Always Absolutely. Comes in handy. So go get go go to asylum. Get your witch shit. <laughs> well, that was- and get your rad home decor. Get your rad home minimalist style decor. And we're going to go into details next week, but yep. Asylum's back, baby. 3713 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, oh, right damn. across the street from the Baghdad Theater. Still got it. So well done. Yeah, nicely done. <laughs> it's almost as if you had that in front of you. Don't. Oh. I didn't look at it, though. You yes, did. I, yes, you I opened the it. website, but I didn't look at it. Asylum is in my bones. I now. said almost as if it was in front of you. Look, we might have taken Look, a break, she... but uh, Asylum's been one of my bottom bitches for almost ten years. There it is. Now that's twice now that Twitch is going to be like. <laughs> Jokes on you, Twitch. I didn't type it, so you can't stop me. Asylum. And Anton's going to be like, did Denise call us their bottom bitch? It's a good thing. No, I, I know. It is a good is it? thing. <laughs> Between two consenting adults in a shop? Yeah. Uh, Who's the other consenting adult in this, if it's not the shop? Asylum. Now you're just saying asylum. In my end of advertisement voice. Yes. That makes it special. (sighs) Did you guys miss us? So tell us, Denise, about uh, your thoughts on the house. Denise. Last house on the left. She pegs who she loves. That's a completely different thing now. What? What just happened? Isn't that how? But but, but no. Wait. No, no. Your bottom bitch is your best hoe. If you're a pimp. Oh wow, that I didn't know. If you're a pimp, you've got your bitches, and your bottom bitch is your best one. That is the origin of that term. But but I generally mean it to mean your favorite. Why is the one at the bottom your best one? Because they're sturdy. Because she's your first? I don't know. I mean, you stack the rest of them on top? Yeah, she can take it. That's not how those things work. don't know. Ask a pimp. I didn't make up the term. I just subscribe to the concept. Are are you actually encouraging me to go... (laughs) Argue entomology with a pimp. Idea for a new segment... Is Wayne Brady going to have to smack a bitch? <laughs> uh, sir, I am no Wayne Brady. Uh, asylum. Welcome back, bitches. Oh, well, speaking of bottoms, you want to talk about last house on the left? Oh, oh man. Oh, too far, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. Where to start? Um, okay, well. Begin at the beginning. You guys were not wrong. It is a... It is a mean and dark little film. Yes, it is. Um, and not dark in the way that I like either. Let me. I mean, I'm not going to say it's I. It's funny because you kind of love like nihilistic. Like I feel like you love the ending of like the mist. Quick, yes. quick. Oh, thing. the night freeze. You... I do that. Uh, I'll have to give myself a picture. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I restarting now. Okay. No, we're still broadcasting. Okay. Yeah, we're still. It's my image. It's it's my computer. Sorry. It's fine. It's unsettling just my face. Go ahead. Uh, so going. I'm not going to say that I didn't like the last house on the left. Um, there were certainly elements of it I didn't care for. And 
the thing that I think just like really doesn't hold up and I, I guess I don't know how the movie was received in its own era, but the thing that doesn't really hold up is that the whole premise of the movie is a, like kidnapping, assaulting, and then ultimately killing these two young girls. Mm-hmm. And they're super gratuitous about it. Yes. Um, and not in a way that, I mean, like, I don't know that there's ever a good way to do these types of scenes, but it's, it's just uncomfortable. It's you, not done in a, like a very, like a, like a strong, I mean, maybe for the time it was, but like it, it wasn't horror-y, it was just gratuitous. It was, it was just Yeah, it's, it's not, the one thing you will say is that it's not done, there's no attempt to even make anything titillating about it. It's just mean and brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know that. I'm not sure that one is better than the other. Uh, I think so. Um, I am never going to recommend you watch I Spit on Your Grave, but if you were to watch that, you will see the fucking difference. You're right. You're right. I mean, like, no, I I get that there's a difference. I just don't know if one is better than the other. Um, And the, the other thing that I didn't love is... I, I don't know. I feel like they went out of their way to make the antagonists, uh, the, the the bad guys of mm-hmm. the film, just like aggressively dumb slash ignorant. They're caricatures. Yes. And you're yeah. also looking at that with like 2023 eyes with someone who like, you know the tropes now? Mm-hmm. That wasn't a trope then. It didn't exist yet. That, I mean, that's part of it. You kind of have to think of certain things. Um, but uh, uh, Like, their dynamic felt weird. Yeah. They were deeply ignorant. Um, also, I, I don't know. I just didn't really, like, feel like they had any motivation to what they did. It just it felt very, like, circumstantial. Well, plus you got to figure that this is, this is under the shadow of, like, the absolute implosion of the counterculture and love, free love era. Like, this is the dark end of it. This is Manson family era shit now. And these movies reflect that. And that brutality is also, like, something we forget a lot is that for the last almost two generations, Americans see war as a sanitized thing, something that happens over there. Sure. But the era when this movie came out, we're still watching bodies come home live from Vietnam. Mm. Yeah. And there's a, like you were watching like live thing. Like we go to, you now live from, you know, Hanoi and you're watching people get fucking blown up on television. And, and, it, and while I know that that's a thing, I am removed from it because it happened before I was born. Correct. It's, it's you know, and even though I have my own experiences that are. Right. Yes. Similar conceptually mm-hmm. it's it's still different it's still it's still a then versus now and and the cultures were different yeah i mean like literally this is a like this week this month specifically is arguably pretty similar like it's obviously it's still a very over there sort of situation but it's it's a really big deal and it's happening right now and it's it's bad all over right uh but we're all still very removed, removed. from it you were going to say something. 
Yep. Um, and then I started thinking about atrocities. Um, Sorry. That's quite all right. When did... Okay. Sorry. Piggybacking on the times that uh, Aron was talking about, that this was 72. Um, 72? So we're still in the thick of Vietnam. Yes. We're at the end of Vietnam. Nixon is still president? Yeah, because when is... God, it is so weird for me to think that I was born when... Fall of Saigon's 1975, so... Oh, fuck. No, we are neck deep in, like, peak people coming home in body bags that are televised. So there's also... During this time period, there was also... I I saw this recently from Robert Reich. Um, There was a protest in New York City against the war where... Teamsters were convinced to attack protesters by police officers. Yep. And because, I just, I'm, yep. Because that was also like, this is also. Sorry, a I was reading the, the comments. Will you say that again? So there was an anti war protest in New York City. The cops could not do anything about it, but they managed to convince Teamsters, construction workers, to attack the mob. This and is- they did. This is also the beginning of uh, the political right and even to an extent eventually evangelicals grabbing the blue collar union worker Mm -hmm. and telling him, see that kid in the street that's fighting, that's protesting the war. He's why your wages have gone down. Mm. You should go beat him up. And they did. If if they're for all of our listeners, if you. If you're frustrated about things that are going on in the world right now, especially in the U.S., there is a straight fucking line that you can draw from now to Richard Nixon as one of the biggest problems of why we're in this bullshit. We would not have had Donald Trump without Richard Nixon. Yeah, There's a whole other thing. Yeah, but we yeah. can't. Yeah. I, I've been learning a lot. Uh, about those connections in the last, I don't know, five years, and yeah. and, and yes, yes, like from from the limited amount that I know, that's where I, I don't disagree. Oh, yeah, that's oh, where like Project for a New America yeah. is written by like a very young like you know Cheney and Rumsfeld like back mm-hmm. in like the seventies yeah, they drafted I, this shit. I didn't know that when I was in my twenties and thirties. Right. I still thought okay, the worst guy was Reagan. No, it's really not. I mean, he's pretty fucking bad in his own way. He's fucking awful. And and, and not not just that, but the Ford trying to play fair. uh, I'm sorry, no, who Carter, right? Carter was after Nixon? Well, Ford and then Carter. Okay. Who did all the the pardons and the... Ford. Ford. Okay. Ford Ford, pardoned Nixon. Just the idea that, like, the next person after stuff like Nixon... Democrat. Oh, let's you know, let's play fair. Let's let's do X Y Z. Letting people off easy. Ford's the VP. Okay. Yep, he's the one that let him off easy. Carter was doomed from the day he was elected. But I thought Carter was the one who decided not to um, pursue charges against Nixon. Ford pardoned him, so there were no charges. Yeah, he'd already been. Impeached for yeah. right, and, 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 and I'm yes. just only I'm only bringing that up to say that like we didn't 
Dems, uh, progressives didn't help the situation by letting these right. things slide from 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 the earliest stages of like, oh, this is problematic, yep. and we can see down yep. the line why that is. That, that that's the whole point of it's. It is not just now. It is not just a now thing. Things have not been bad just right now. It it stems further back. Yes. And the more you know that, then you can see those patterns to understand why this keeps happening and why, how we can derail that. Much like we've just derailed the topic of <laughs> the last how, house on, last the, left. House on right. the left. But that is also provides you the context of when this was made and what this is a reaction to. So the brutality of this is 100% mired in the war that we were mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and our reaction to the people who wanted to either turn a blind eye to it or were protesting against it. Yeah. You were clearly the enemy. The only good guys were those willing to destroy. And, 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 the other ones that were the good guys were the troops until they came back and said, this is fucked. And then they became the enemy, right. like immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in, in this sort of like paralleling that we're, that we're, we're doing here are the, the parents are the, sorry, I lost the thread there. The parents are the ones who are like, that's bad. And we're going to retaliate. And, and, and that's, that's the, yeah, and there's so many ways people can view that movie. I mean, like, super right-wingers love it because it's like, well, of course, because that's justice. You can't trust the system. Yeah. Right, right. But Classic leftists are also like, yeah, sometimes, yeah, you're right. Because it it's weird how this movie plays for different people depending on your political outlook. But I think as a general rule, no one ever looks at the parents and thinks they're the bad guys. They're in the wrong. Because right. it really tips into like this reptile brain primal nature. Well, it's vigilantism. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, the, yeah, it is. Which, which a lot of people like is a is a is a, is a concept that people are divided on, even now. Right. It, I mean, like I don't, I don't know that I disagree with the parents. That's the weird thing. You'll catch your. The only thing that gets rough is eventually they take like. There's a glee in how they do it. Exactly. The, 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 it's not the problem. Isn't that they said, "Oh, you you killed someone. You you, you are an awful murder rapist, uh, and you killed my daughter. I'm going to kill you now." It's that they they were really into it. But it's also like we know you didn't just kill my daughter out in the woods. Like you made a night of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I know. And then you came and. At, sat at my table yeah so you is... know what it's yeah no it's and that's and that era of america also was very i mean it's funny like people think about like the 70s and they go right to like disco and that's that's not like that's what 77 yeah it's that's a, late 70s it's late 70s and even disco is a response to that. that's a whole other thing but yeah, it's like let's not get into that like you could argue that by the time this movie comes out, at least on the surface, all of the major moves made in civil rights, labor rights, uh, gay, uh, civil rights kind of falls under, covers kind of all that. 
like we made massive steps, but then there's a huge pushback. Like there's a segment of the country that was able to tell working class people who really were going to benefit from this in the long run that the reason why you can't afford this is because of them. So like, you know, as much as we're, we are super divided now, but it's more public. It's more obvious. Like back then we were literally like that Tinder, like that, that, that pot that's boiling and the, and well, and you know, when you got the boiling, the the boiling pot and the the lid's going and it's coming off, it's about to blow the lid off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that's the seventies. That's, and that's the era where this movie comes from. This is also like the rise of the new auteurs, Coppola, George Lucas, Spielberg, like all these filmmakers that went to USC or whatever, but then snubbed their noses at the studio system because the studio was still doing fucking musicals and like happy-go-lucky westerns while arguably half of a male generation in this country was not coming home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when they were coming home, they were, and I'm not saying this this was right, they were either called baby killers and no one wanted anything to do with them mm-hmm. they came home incredibly damaged mm-hmm. to a generation that's like we'll just fucking buck up and go back to work to people that didn't weren't able to process like i have been sleeping in mud for nine months i have watched everyone i've loved in the last year get fucking blown apart and now i just want to just go fucking pump gas mm-hmm. and tell me to buck up like, Amer- like America's fucked now, but I, I look back and I, I wasn't of this era, but I'm like, you start to know, like, oh, that's where these movies came from. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I ran to there a bit. But that's fair. Um, it, it, I, to respond to your thing about uh, there being a division on vigilante vigilantism and vigilante movies like i i'm i get that uh as someone who had a lot of friends that said oh you should totally watch this movie you're gonna love this movie it's right up your alley you're gonna love this you're gonna love this and i watched it and i'm like no i didn't why the fuck do you think i would like this movie Mm -hmm. it's like well because it's all about you know someone doing this and it's like you're mistaking my love of comic books and superheroes for wanting to be a vigilante. And I don't, that is. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's not how a like, lot yeah. of comic yeah, like, book heroes. For start me, out. like Batman, I know is escapist fantasy. Yes. I don't want there to actually be a yeah. Batman. It's mm-hmm. not a good idea. No. Um, same with like the Punisher, although taken correctly, Punisher is the example of the system failing that's the point of that character that let's let's not get into the punishment because that's a whole thing i think for me the thing that was really weird is i grew up on wes craven movies Mm -hmm. and um this feels so different and separate do you want to know why this is his first movie first movie okay yeah i guess that's not surprising it has a very like independent feel to his it. next um horror movie is the hills have eyes 
and that's and I've never, I've actually never seen that one. I I've seen the remake. I think I haven't seen the original, but I'm, I'm, I'm again I'm familiar with it. I know it has Michael Berryman in it, and Michael Berryman is like a, the classic um, weird looking bald guy who's really tall. Um, Oh yeah, he has a little bit of a um, uh, Herman Munster. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. It, uh, oh my God, what is his name? Um, Fred no. Gwynn. Is that it? Herman Munster. Yeah. From uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I, I don't. That seems like such an unfamiliar name to me. I now I'm gonna have to look it up because maybe. No, I'm no, no. Wrong. I think you're right because uh, I just looked it up. Uh, Fred Wynn. Uh, yeah. That's oh yeah. Totally that's absolutely him. Yeah. Uh, my did brain not, works. My brain did not because like you said Fred Wynn and I'm like reject. You don't know that <laughs> name. Um. So again, I'm I'm saying all of this. I have not seen the Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. It's one of those where. I know what the big beats are. Mm-hmm. I have not watched the movie. Um, I think I've put it off because it is a revenge film. Mm-hmm. And I I start to get bored in revenge films because that's like, that's not the resolution that I want. Um, the, the movie in question that I was brought up is Boondock Saints. Everyone's like, oh, you're going to love Boondock Saints. I'm, I hate that thing. It's a piece of trash. I'll tell you what, I loved it when I was like 21. Sure. But like... I, I understand why young people enjoy that film, but it's uh, like... Ne- ne- once I was able to form my own opinions, I'm like, this doesn't speak to me. It doesn't... I, I don't relate to those characters. Yep. And so I I don't... Uh, support their thesis and you know when the first time I saw it I was like this is cool and and I say this firmly in the camp of I also really enjoy the John Wick movies <laughs> that's gun fu it that's is a, it, 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 it's, a, it's a different it, it's made for a different era it is it's also made with the sensibilities of these are just bad guys killing bad guys yeah, uh, it, it's more escape as fantasy it is more escapist fantasy because it Boondock is. Boondock Saints is a little bit more grounded in reality, by which I mean it's easier to find relatable. Yeah. Uh, for like a regular ass citizen. Yep. I don't think that too many people can watch John Wick movies and be like, I could yeah, do, I can that. do that. I could do that, and I would be just, and I and I have the justifications for why and how I would and should. Yep. Uh, Boondock Saints, I think had that it had in fact i know of murder cases where uh the boondock saints were was was the favorite film of the people who did the murder <laughs> because oh, it's because it's it's grounded yeah. by which i mean yeah. people can watch it and relate to it in a way that that is actionable yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and I, I I agree. It's like we like, I don't think anyone watches the last house on the left, and it was like and and says like 
oh, those those parents were totally in the wrong. Like, no, like you would feel justified in reacting the way that they did. Yep. But uh, like mm-hmm. objectively, there are no good people in this movie except for the fucking murder of rape victims because they were just kids trying to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, again, this makes it an analogy because yes, there are innocents. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the perpetrators of the crimes. Mm-hmm. And then you have the parents seeking revenge, the which Revengers. is which is also a crime in, in and of itself. And by the fact, the very nature that they are also taking pleasure and glee mm-hmm. in their own actions. It's like, well, that means if they are the system, mm-hmm. if, the, if you look at them as the government sending right. the troops... And right. the, oh, and the no. criminals. Are you committing atrocities? Uh, we better come deal with that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, we're going to commit atrocities because you committed atrocities. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. And then there's no, also like right. another layer now looking back like with our modern issues in that the innocent ones, these happy-go-lucky kids that just wanted to have a good time. Well, I wouldn't say happy-go-lucky, but... You know what I mean. They just want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Those are boomers. They are. The, <laughs> you're well, you're yeah, right. Now. That's what I mean. The very thing that they're angry at younger people doing now, these movies are about them trying to go against the system and like, can't we just mm. live? Why are yeah. we doing this? Why the, are you doing this to us? The parents in this movie are the greatest generation. Right, yeah, right. Those no, are you're World right. War II parents. Yeah. I just but like but that's putting that's putting context to a, a a film, but that context didn't exist then. It exists right, then. but I think it just is a layer of how you can watch it through modern yep. lenses mm-hmm. also. Um, yeah, sorry. All of this just reminded me of a, a quote, I, or, uh, a scene from MASH that I keep seeing getting memed around. Yeah, I know the quote. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. With, um, it's between Father Mulcahy and, I can find it. and Hawkeye. It were uh, um, Father McPay who goes, oh well, you know, war is hell. No, no. And um, Hawkeye is like, no, I can, Father, war is war, hell is hell. It's like I don't understand the difference. It's like I can read it really quick. Yeah, please. So um, Father McPay says, like, or it's actually Hawkeye says, war is hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, war is uh, war. Uh, no, Father, he says it, and then Hawkeye says, war is war, hell is hell. And of the two of them, war is a lot worse. Father Mulcahy says, how do you figure that, Hawkeye? He says, easy, Father. Tell me who goes to hell. He says, sinners, I believe. Hawkeye says, exactly. There are no innocent bystanders in hell, but war is chock full of them. Little kids, cripples, old ladies. In fact, except for a few of the brass, almost everyone involved is an innocent bystander. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Still true. Oh, yeah. Still true. Um. I mean, like, this extra context, you know, for, like, you know, the era and, you know, these generational nuances is helpful mm-hmm. in understanding why the movie is the way it is. But I'm going to, I, 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 I stick to my original feelings that, I mean, I, I almost wouldn't even categorize it as a horror film. It, I, I would agree, actually. It, here's the thing is like a revenge flick, I think is its own thing. It is a revenge thriller. 
Yes. Th- this falls under thriller, which and and it's often not the only movie on umbrella under mm-hmm. horror. It's not the only movie on the list that I would be like, this is a thriller or it's an X Y Z. I wouldn't really consider that. Oh, uh, mm, Bruce Willis, Haley Joel Osment, um, the Sixth Sense, Sixth Sense, The Sixth yep. Sense, not a horror. No. No. It, I mean, yes, it is a ghost story, but that's like saying that Crimson Peak is a horror, and yeah, it's not. Right. Um, regardless, that, that that is like its own sort, its own separate thesis. And I'm sorry. Um, however, you want to categorize the Last House on the Left, it is in fact mean, gratuitous, mm-hmm. and there's no really good people in the story mm-hmm. after after the girls die yeah and i think that's there's, partially there's, there's the the mm, not malignant let me make there, there's the there's like the the bad guys who are bad and then there's the 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 parents who are revengeful and and bad because they enjoyed that revenge they they sought it and they enjoyed it uh and then who what else is there the the incompetent police yeah mm-hmm. and that's i think that's an intentional choice Craven was doing again because of the era of like the, that's also the era in America where it's like there's there are no more good guys mm-hmm. like wh- who you call the good guy is someone else's you know sure war crime atrocity so it's like and this movie is like and it's because you figure we're only a few years out from like, you know, fucking Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne wearing the white hat. The bad guys wear black. Good guys wear the white hat. They mm. punch the bad guys and they ride off into the sunset. Everything's great. Right. Like, and, I'm that's that, like, and I'm not saying that like, and I'm not saying that like that sort of like black and white. Yeah. Good versus evil storytelling is better. I'm not. I love, yeah. I, like, like I said, like I love like a nihilistic story. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, this just did not do it for me on multiple levels. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, movies and horror movies in the 60s had terrible soundtracks. <laughs> well, this is 1972. Oh, I'm sorry. Why did I yeah, have it? 72. Sure. Um, yeah, I. So I, I, I do well, think. That's the other part is like, I'm like, I also don't see where this movie influences movies that come after. I, it doesn't, I would say it doesn't influence movies. It influences movie makers because this movie, nothing like this had been done before for, Mm. for better or worse. I think without last house on the left, you don't get Toby Hooper's chainsaw, chainsaw, Texas chainsaw massacre. Which I also haven't seen. It's great. So there's that. Uh, uh, but that might be a whole other conversation. Yeah, so. yeah. There's it a, is. There, it is. There's a lot of movies you don't get without this. Whether you like it or not, there's a okay. lot of creators you don't get. I mean, I guess I would need to see that list. And then I, if, like, if, if I don't have any of those under my belt, I would need to see them now to sort of make those connections yep. and, and get I, an appreciation. Yeah, I would think that... But... I... I don't want to speak for him. I know one, love him or hate him, like you don't get Eli Roth without this movie. Yeah. By their own interview, you don't get the Soska sisters as you know them without 
this movie. It may not be the movie, but it's it's the creation of it that inspired a generation. You don't get Blumhouse. You don't. Yeah, a lot of this stuff. Um, it was also one of the first really hardcore, kind of brutal horror-ish films where there's not really an external enemy. It's the people down the street. Yeah. Again, I, I'm familiar with that concept and right. I and I'm into it. Yeah. This just it it still doesn't do anything for me for the I get it. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, I no, I, I, I see the thesis. You can agree with the thesis without also without actually yeah. enjoying the see thing. See me with every David Lynch film. <laughs> I get why people like him. He's yep. not for me. I watched like ninety five percent of Twin Peaks, and I was like, I no, I just I just can't. I'm trying too hard. Yeah, I I I like yeah, I love sorry. one David Lynch movie, and it's the G one that he did about the dude who. The true story about the dude who rode his rowing motor, his rowing lawnmower. Yeah, my brother's keeper. Riding yeah. lawnmower. Yeah, he goes to visit his brother That's on his it. riding mower. On his tractor. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love that movie. It's so gentle and sweet. It's just a little lawn tractor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Last House on the Left uh, is also the first. It is Craven's first movie all around, mm-hmm. writer and director. So that that in and of itself is i think why it's on this list as well mm-hmm. because without I, this we don't get the rest of us right we don't get Wes craven mm-hmm. we don't get the hills has eyes i didn't fucking know he directed swamp thing mm-hmm. wait what yeah he directed the original swamp thing um we don't get nightmare on elm street um we don't get deadly friend uh, we don't get the serpent and the rainbow, which man, man, that movie is weird. That is a movie I have only seen once because that one, I'm like, no, that was that. That's generally fucked up. I don't want to watch that one again. Is that the only? Is that the only horror movie know, based on an actual thing. like scholarly paper? Yep. So it's based on a book, <laughs> but the book is a piece of nonfiction, basically, or based on it's based upon what really are zombies in the Caribbean and in yep. Haiti culture. I, was, I just pulled it up and I'm like, what? That's a lot of black actors. Yeah. You don't see that often. Yeah. Um, Raven was very big on diverse casting. Uh, the People Under the Stairs, which we talked about before. We don't get mm-hmm. New Nightmare. Now I want to see The Serpent in the Rainbow. He directed Vampire in Brooklyn? Goddamn right he did. <laughs> he directed Vampire in Brooklyn. You know what? Yeah. That movie tanked when it came out. It I did. just watched it again a year ago and I'm like, I was like, "Oh, this is another movie that was ten years too soon." Mm. Yeah, I liked, I liked Vampire in Brooklyn. It's, it's really good. I saw that in the theater. Um, it's good. Craven did direct Scream One, Two, Three, and Four, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yeah, is impressive. A, that's probably like the thing I know him most for, <laughs> except for um, Scream Four was the last thing that he directed. That's also except got for the, Freddy Krueger. That's also got the double cameo. Jane and Silent Bob oh, right. are in Scream Three in the background. Mm-hmm. They're taking the unit they're taking the, the tour. The Universal Tour. Oh. And in Jane and Silent Bob that. Strikes Back, they're filming Scream Four. And as right as the, the killer gets revealed, it's it's Suzanne, the monkey from Mallrats. 
And Courtney Cox says, really, Wes? A fucking monkey? Really? And Jay goes, we love that fucking monkey. It's just them deciding to do cameos for each other. I remember that. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, it's also got the great, um, the sequel to Goodwill Hunting. Yep. When he's the director's counting money and he's like, ready? All right, fine. Action. <laughs> busy, Ben. I'm busy. <laughs> um. So every, pretty much every, almost everything else I've watched in the last week is a rewatch. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't have a ton to say. Stuff holds up. There's a reason these movies are on the list, you know? I will I will always rewatch uh, Shaun of the let, Dead. Let the right one in mm-hmm. is still... Oh yeah, we run out of time, but yeah. Oh, here's, here's what I'll say about that one is I don't know if I really picked up on this the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending is actually quite heartbreaking. For which one? Let the right one in. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I realized that the first time I watched it, because it's been many years at this point. Um, it's just it's just so much more tragic than I remember. You know, because... So because, Swedish. Um, I, I think that, like, objectively, you're supposed to think that this is Oscar's narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's 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 Eli. She she pursues him, uh, and like he's the one who's like, "Will you be my girlfriend? I want to be with you." And she's like, mm, "I don't know," but but she needs him, and and she seeks him out. And at the end, they're like riding off into the sunset together. And you're you know, I think objectively, you're supposed to be like, Oscar gets the girl, but but what it is is, I've been twelve. For a very long time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you and you recognize that um, the uh, I think his name is Hakan. Yes, mm-hmm. Hakan, who is um, a middle aged man and was her helper. No, that's her Renfield, and he probably met her when he was somewhere between the ages of ten and twelve. Yeah, and now Oscar is is that yeah. that uh-huh. fits him, that yeah. role of 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 the Renfield essentially, and it's. It's so tragic. I love it. It's see, that's the kind of nihilism I'm here for. It is very beautiful and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the American remake isn't that bad. Let me in. Um, it's also it's actually very well done. It's it's pretty good, um, but it just, just doesn't match like that horror. It just, I, I, you know, it's probably just because it's someone from Sweden filming in Sweden, understanding the long winters more mm-hmm. than like yeah. unless yeah. you're a filmmaker from Alaska you can't possibly you can say like oh I get it it's dark six months of the year you, you can't not... understand what it does to your psyche um, yeah, I, that, that just like that bone deep sadness I watched a, a but then when it gets warm how much they like our friend Anna would tell us in the summer Swedes lose their minds they just party <laughs> Because yep. they know it will, winter is coming. This is where, you know, I feel like the an American movie that was a remake of a Swedish movie that did that well was Insomnia, with um, I want to say Pacino and, and Robin Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah, man, Robin Williams' villain phase we did not get enough of. Mm. Nope, one, one hour, hour photo and Insomnia is pretty much it. Well, and also. He's not villain in the traditional sense, but world's greatest dad. So oh. it's a it's a Bob Goldthwait movie, which, by the way, I love 
Bob Goldthwait's directorial the last few years. So World's Greatest Dad is essentially... It, basically, he like he starts to intentionally catfish, and he's the principal of the school. He starts to catfish his own son, so his son will be more popular. Until it's revealed that he's the one writing these letters, so weird, and these emails to protect his to give his son a better life. I'm doing it a disservice. World's greatest dad is. Um, it's the kind of bleak humor that only someone who grew up in the stand-up circuit like. And I feel like it's a movie that only Bob Goldthwait could direct because people forgot that Bobcat is not, it's a persona, <laughs> that voice, right? And that Robin Williams, the guy who's expected to always be funny, could only be made by those two. Mm. So, um, I'm not familiar with either of those, so. Oh, it's World Greatest Dad's wonderful. One hour photo and yeah. Ooh. I'm pretty sure I watched one hour photo. The villain Robin Williams is wonderful. Yep. Uh, yes, before we wrap I've up, I've seen that. Uh, you've got news on the Monarch series. Yes. Uh, so In, I'm, insider knowledge, woo. kind of, but not really. No, no, it's not insider. I mean, <laughs> I could have told you a while back, but it's been out in the news stream for a long time. Uh, friend of the show and being a Rita employer. Matt Fraction uh, has been um, helping to co-create and develop uh, a show for Apple TV Plus called Monarch, Uh uh, Legacy of Monsters. It is, uh, to my knowledge, the first ever uh, Godzilla uh, production uh, for the small screen. I mean, not counting the animated series in the late 90s. Godzilla and World <laughs> Force or something. I do not know about this. I'm going oh, to talk man. about it later. Um, Cheesy as fuck. But uh, like they, it was teased about a month ago. And this past weekend at New York City Comic Con, they did a, a full trailer. They previewed the first episode for the, for the audience there at the event. And the release date is out, which I believe is November 17th. So a, mm. a month from now, uh, this show is is coming out. And kind of uh, jazz because they got flashbacks with John Goodman. Yes. So it, it is tying uh, directly to the 2014 Godzilla. Mm-hmm. But it does also tie in with all of the other Godzilla monsters that have uh, Godzilla movies that have come out since then. And uh, oh, I lost all my tabs here. Um, like I'm not being like a like a fangirl employee here. I'm I'm a fan of of Godzilla and and that franchise. And oh, I, I remember the night we watched Skull Island. Okay, we're not going to retell that story. Um, so much fun on here. So I'm not just like here to hype up my bosses. I'm legit excited for this series. Right. And I think it's going to be really cool and. Like we were talking about before the show, it's it is it is a big it is one of those things that is like the big screen being brought to TV, mm-hmm. like like Marvel and Star Wars. Uh, but I, based on based on what I've seen, I think it's I think it's going to do a really good job of of being a big production tied up with like really good storytelling about the people who are affected by living in a world where monsters fucking duke it out on right. top of your city. Right. Uh, and it's got 
got no sorry go ahead it's got wyatt russell and kurt russell playing the same character Mm -hmm. which i think should have been left as like a reveal during like the first or second episode (laughs) like oh shit but it's one of the first things that they put out there and people are excited i think it's going to be really interesting to see that dynamic because wyatt russell has been like pretty up and coming yeah, because I feel like when they announced this show was right as Falcon and the Winter Soldier rap. Mm-hmm. Right. When he was like, at like, oh, shit, Kurt Russell's kid. Look at that. Yeah. Right. And like a year or two before that, he had done this like smaller production TV show called Lodge 49, which I think I talked about on the show. I've a seen while it. Back. Yeah. It's, it's this weird little series about just just this kid you know going through shit he's a nuanced actor is is what i'm getting yeah mm-hmm. and and you know and kurt russell has a fucking kurt russell library kurt russell. of kurt russelling so i'm excited to see them together a library of kurt russelling that's yep. a good title <laughs> i don't think i've seen a father-son pairing playing the same character since uh the second season of matt smith's doctor who The Shepherds. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I know I've seen it, but now I can't like it's Morgan, bring it up. Morgan Shepherd and uh, Mark Shepherd. Okay, uh, they both played the same uh, federal agent. Morgan Shepherd played the elder one in the future or in the, the present, and uh, Mark Shepherd, who most people know from Supernatural, he played Crowley. Um, yeah, those two. Uh, he played the the young. Um, uh, federal agent at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That. I yeah. It's, it's coming back now. Yeah. Um. So it it like that was great because both of them work in genre television and movies and they've been a lot of fun. But to get the Kurt and Wyatt Russell, that's that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Is that also Goldie Hawn's son? Then yes. Yeah. Man, those two. Yeah. Yeah. So that's both, both kids in acting now, still right? together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Wyatt's been acting longer than people have been paying attention to Wyatt. Yes. But his sister's like, definitely been like acting longer than Yeah. Because I think she's like a decade old. Well, I could be wrong. Yeah. She's older. Yeah. She's I don't like... know her. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. What's her name? Oh, no. Yes. Uh, yes, you do. Hudson. Yeah, Kate, Kate Hudson. Yes. Kate oh, Hudson. no, no, no. She's been, she's been big for at least 20 years. Yeah, the last thing that I think all of us would have saw her in was the... Glass onion. Glass onion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that that would be the last thing we saw her in. Uh, not, probably not even the biggest thing she's done. Uh, I totally blanked on that. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> they're seven years apart. Kate Hudson's 44. He's 37. Okay, so close enough. God That's damn, it. he looks like his dad. Like, Kate yes. Hudson yeah. looks yes. like a mix of and when of you And yep. when you look at the posters for Monarch, it's got Kurt on one side and Wyatt on the other you know, like mirror images, and you can fucking see it, man. They're, they're, yeah. they're the same dude. Especially when uh, he has when Wyatt grows a beard. Mm-hmm. But he's he grows a good beard. That's like Kurt Russell's beard. You goddamn, <laughs> right. he grows McCreary's beard. Yes, <laughs> yes. goddamn right he does. <laughs> yeah. Um. All of this to say. Oh man, I would watch a Thing sequel <gasps> with Wyatt Russell surviving Antarctica, and the whole time is he the Thing or is he? Uh, except for I think that McCreary in the thing is older than Wyatt Russell is now. So would whatever have, would have to be another se- prequel. No, you could do a sequel. <laughs> you just hate the idea of any any prequels to the thing because you hate the other one so much. 
Um, it's the same movie, but with bad well, CGI. You, now you know why they're so fucking similar. Because because it was supposed because it was grab? supposed to be a prequel, and then at the last minute, it got notes about how it was going to confuse people. So then they made it more like a like remake. A, no, I know they reshot it. So like you're still mad at the movie, like it's its fault. It is. I, I it's not be the mad movie's fault. No, you mad don't. At the producers. Be mad at CEOs. There you go. Oh, that's easy. Anyway, Monarch yeah. Legacy of Monsters. It's gonna it's coming out in a month. Um, I think it's gonna be really cool. I think that people, I'm excited for it. I'm I think that both like old school and newcomers to you know the Look, Godzilla I, franchise are gonna are gonna dig it. I you know I, I talk about growing up with the Universal monsters a lot, which I I fucking did and yes. I love them. Mm-hmm. But a close second. Because again, my mom is really into those monsters. So I also grew up, yeah, watching Godzilla movies and Mothra and Rodan and King Kong. To this day, my mom can't watch any of the modern ones because she loves them so much. She's like, why are they being mean? They're just animals and it's our fault they're doing this. Why are we being mean to them? Yes. Like to this day, she can't watch any modern Frankenstein movies. She's like, he didn't ask to be born. Why are we mean to him? And I'm like, because humanity sucks, mom. That's the point. She's she's not wrong. I know. And neither were you. <laughs> Fucking people suck. Uh, although, objectively, uh, Monarch is is actually as much, if not more, about the people affected sure, yeah, by yeah. the Titans than, than it is about the Titans. No, yeah, I'm excited. Because otherwise there would be very little dialogue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know that I'd be mad about that. Because again, it's it's Godzilla and the other Titans. I, I think but that's a it's, that's it's a different conversation for a different day. You're yeah. right. You're right. Maybe we can talk about that after the show has come out. Sure. I might go home and watch Skull Island. A lot of it for John C. Riley. He's so good in that. I'm gonna go home and make pizza dough. What is it? He's like we call I call them Skull Burrowers. Yeah. Which saying it out loud now is a dumb name. <laughs> fucking John C. Riley. Also, uh, Godzilla is a, no, it's King Kong, right? Kong King King Kong is a magical girl. What? In uh, Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. he's got that. He's got oh, like his, a magical scepter. That, it's like, not a magical scepter. It's his it's, war axe that then yes, Godzilla comes up with atomic breath. Yes. And and then and and then it has powers against Mechagod. To, yeah. I know. No. Yeah. Okay. Right. But now I want to see like a fucking magical girl transformation of like yeah. a scrawny monkey into. Like, That's what I was <laughs> trying to remember. I'm like, where does he have a magical squirrel girl uh, oh transformation I'm montage show you. I'm in, the, show in, the, you. in the movie? Well, he has to transform, but he gets that war axe that he beat up. You can show me that. off air. Yeah, we're we're like, right now. We, we gotta wrap up. No, you're right. We should be leaving, but I'm pulling it up. So anyway. there's what there's. There's there's He-Man, Sailor Moon, She-Ra, and Kong. Yep. <laughs> I'd watch a shit out of that movie, by the way. Lionel's almost there. Who, oh, Lionel, yeah, Thunder. Thunder. There, there's oh, absolutely. I, I believe there's a modern Superman cartoon right now that also puts him in that category. Oh, his transformation to Clark Kent into Superman. Yeah. Oh, it's flat out a Sailor Moon transformation. Yeah. I think it's like the Adventures of Lois. Yeah, no, it's on HBO Max. It's really fucking good. I, I've heard. Uh, and it pulls a lot from like late '90s anime. Okay. Like that's clearly its influence. 
Uh, again, you gotta go. Again, if uh, for listeners, if you want to keep up with this, we are following a particular list. This is the Mopop 100 horror movies, 100 plus horror movies to, to watch see before, before you die. see before you die. Yes, um, we yeah. do appreciate your other suggestions. Most of them, I think, we've seen and yeah. probably talked about. Yeah, Def- if it if it came out after like 1975, we've. At least two thirds of us have seen it by now. At least, yeah. Also, really quick before we wrap up, friend of the show, he did the Dex Dixon game, uh, Werewolf Bikers, all that. He Flash is the up. Steve Coker. Steve Coker. He is the one putting on Young Frankenstein at uh, the theater downtown right now. And oh, there's two more weekends, so we should all go see it. You should. You should totally do that. I'm not going to join you for <laughs> obvious reasons, He's but fine. you should. Because you, you physically go. cannot. I physically cannot. But everyone else has no excuse. Yeah, I'm going to try to catch it. Because uh, the last one they did was the full Monty. So he's been doing stuff. So Arlene Schnitzer has like a smaller theater within the building. Yep. So this is their second one they're doing there. Apparently really happy with it. They've been doing well. Wait, that's at the Schnitz? It's not at uh, P5? It's the small theater inside the building, whatever that is. Maybe that's P5. Uh, Arlene Schnitzer only has one theater in it. Um, the P5, which is right next door, has multiple theaters. That's where, that's where okay. he's at. Sorry. Yes. That's okay. Or the Portland 5. Yeah, P5. Okay. That's what yeah, I I've, I've never heard anyone call it. Sorry. Yes, I had to adjust from not being able to call it PCPA or the Portland Center for Performing Arts anymore. Is that what it used to be called? That's what it used to be called, mm-hmm. and now it's the Portland something. Godzilla is charging his magic axe. And then he's gonna fucking like okay. bring it down I, like the fucking again, hammer of God. I I do remember that part. I was it, it's the I was trying to imagine him twirling around and getting a little skirt. And he, that I he, am. Go ahead. He doesn't, but he should. Okay. Around her in. And I am Beanarita. And I am Cable Hashitani. I won't see any of you for two weeks. That's true, unless you go to Scaregrounds. Then you will see him. You take the coffin run. You still won't see me. Who will we see? Your nightmares. Um, You'll figure it out. (laughs) Thunder! Thunder! Thunder Thundercats!